0: Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing, the podcast that continues to set records around the world. And then, as we always do, we break those records. My name is Jody Jenkins. And my name is Tony Clement. And we are excited for another program and looking forward to an in-depth conversation, the likes of which will never be duplicated until our next guest. Until our next um, <laughs> <laughs> what's that? yeah i agree (laughs) (laughs) tony we're going to thank our sponsors as we always do and i got to give a shout out to john mutton and the crew at municipal solutions of course our presenting sponsor and john hasn't been letting us down with his instagram posts and they've been all over the place and he's uh man he's every time i see a picture he's jack he looks like he's getting bigger
1: I I know, and it's a Bengal cat, by the way. Oh, yeah,
0: because you you had, uh, did you meet up with him or something? I met up with him, yeah. Yeah.
1: We had had breakfast uh, earlier this week. So it is definitely a Bengal cat that uh, he and Anna have, and uh, they take it everywhere with them.
0: Oh, that's cool. Oh, someone's phone's ringing. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so (laughs) thanks to Municipal Solutions and their crew, (laughs) municipalsolutions.ca, you can find them online. And, Tony, I know you'll probably share a little bit more info and then some of our other... Sponsors as well.
1: I'd love to, Jody. Uh, First of all, about Municipal Solutions, Uh, they're a great development services and project management team. So if you need a development approved or you need a permit expedited, If you need planning services with municipalities or engineering services or architectural services that uh, need uh, their help, they're great for that. Even if you have a minor variance or a land severance, Municipal Solutions is there for you. And of course, as I mentioned, those building permits. So visit municipalsolutions.ca for all of your Municipal Solutions needs. And then Chris Moffat Arms at PolyTrack. And uh, I've just got some new copy from PolyTrack. Chris wanted me to mention that they are your all-in-one advocacy management platform. And what does that mean? It means that PolyTrack offers GR Pros a secure hub to store their advocacy data, including stakeholder contact details, engagement reports, key messages. Just visit PolytrackwithaQ.com. Mention And Another Thing podcast when you sign up. And you receive their White Glove onboarding service free, 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 including tutorial and Q&A for your team. So remember, PolyTrack is your all-in-one advocacy management platform. Visit polytrackwithacue.com. And finally, last but not the least, the Magnify Video Widget. It means crisp, clear, secure video collaboration. Everybody's doing it now, Jody. They're online. They're doing these uh, video chats uh, for work or or what have you, uh, but this is a great Canadian offering. It means, as I said, crisp, clear, secure video collaboration your way. Embed and customize the Magnify video widget on your own website in minutes or run it simply from their brow- from your browser on the Magnify app. It is easy, and this is very important, it is secure. So visit Magnifywithaneye.io and on Twitter, Magnify underscore IO.
0: Excellent. And last but certainly not least, don't forget about our exclusive partnership with Looneypolitics.com, where if you use the code podcast, you'll get 50% off an annual subscription, and you will get exclusive access to articles, videos, and, of course, podcasts like ours that you cannot hear anywhere else other than then looneypolitics.com. And I should give a plug for our website as well. And another thing, podcast.ca. You can find links to all our partners and our archived shows. Okay. So now that we've burned into five minutes of our (laughs) guests time, uh, we should get to this gentleman. I'm excited for this one. And Tony, since you guys were former colleagues, I will let, uh, let you introduce this gentleman.
1: Yes, uh, thanks, Jody. I'm very excited about this, and on behalf of And Another Thing Podcast, I want to welcome to the program uh, Charlie Angus, who is the NDP Member of Parliament for Timmins James Bay. He's been the MP since 2004. He is the NDP Critic for Ethics, FEDNOR, which I used to run, Indigenous Youth, Income Inequality and Affordability. He ran for leader of the NDP in 2017. He is also a musician, a broadcaster, and an author. He still performs with his band, uh, the Grievous Angels. He is an activist Roman Catholic, and he has been a tireless advocate for the rights of First Nation children. It's very apropos that we have them on our program. Please, let's welcome Mr. Charlie Angus.
2: Welcome. Hey, well, thanks so much. That's quite the big, long-winded intro between all your sponsors and all the things you claimed I've done.
1: <laughs> it's well-earned in your case, Charlie. And and I got to ask, I hope it's not untoward. Uh, I, we are going to get to some serious topics, but are, are you have something on at the Alma Combo tonight? Is that still true?
2: Well, it was supposed to be on Tuesday but it got it got bumped so we're Mm. um it's a whole program called make music matter it's about bringing live music back because music just took such a beating through the pandemic so um they've got a bunch of bands in toronto filming live, it's kind of live sets, but without an audience. So we were scheduled to do one on Tuesday, and we were supposed to do the Elmo, which would have been so cool to see the renovations. Here. Oh, yeah. We've been moved over to a, a big studio down on River Street in Queen called River Sound. So uh, I've played the horseshoe a number of times, or the, or the Elmo, over the years. Yep. Um, and uh, it was, yeah, they were, well, we opened for Billy Idol once, and uh, that was... Uh, <laughs>
1: Well, and, and uh, did uh, Billy uh, teach you some tricks?
2: Well, those were the days when it's like, uh, hey, guys, you don't get to use the, uh, your own monitors, can't touch the monitors, can't touch anything on the stage, and you can only use three out of the 15 inputs. Hope the band sounds okay. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and we got 75 bucks, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I, I was uh, very uh, fortunate to be at the Elma Combo for their opening with Big Rec back in the uh, late summer and uh, I tell you 35 million dollars of renos gets you a just incredible sound and a great uh, stage and uh it's going to be amazing when we finally get to live music which i am looking forward to and i know you are too
2: yeah i'm i was really hoping to be on that stage but again it was t- getting complicated so they moved us but um i would have figured out at uh, 35 million maybe 15 million was probably getting the beer smell out of the place so uh, <laughs> yeah. i'm sure they managed to buy some good gear on top of that
1: a little bit and lots of neon lots of neon on the inside as well as the outside uh, so uh a storied institution. I gotta ask, and this is apropos of obviously something we do want to talk about, so uh, maybe tell uh, us how you spent Canada Day.
2: Well, um, you know, people are really um, hurting right now in Canada Day, so we uh, we started it qu- quietly. Carl Habila is a an old miner in Timmins came from Germany. Uh, every year he holds a walk, and he just invites people to walk. He says, I don't like to do politicians, don't like to do big talk, but uh, we, we just walk. So he's, we did it yesterday, and he said, this is just, let's all reflect. And it was really, really nice. So he started doing that, and then there was a, a big powwow in the southern part of my riding, and a huge cross section of people. Like it, it, the, it was very indigenous, but all, like a lot of local people came out. And it, you know, I think Canadians get it. Like we got some big things to tackle. Uh, we have a, a lot of historical reckoning, but I think Canadians are mature enough that we can still reflect. And it doesn't mean we're dissing the country, but maybe we took that day yesterday to just think. Okay, we got to think about it. So that was that was kind of the feel on the day, and it, it felt it felt really nice, low key. But it felt good.
1: I I truly believe that Canadians are decent people. And uh, obviously there are some exceptions, but I think that this is generally the rule. And uh, they want to do the right thing. They feel badly about what's happened in the past, and they want to make right in the future. I really do believe that. And I think a lot of that came out on Canada Day as well. So I, I... Apropos of that, obviously, you you have because you are the critic, and I know how passionate you are about First Nations uh, kids, uh, Indigenous children. Uh, what is your perspective on the Truth and Reconciliation Commission? Uh, where we've where we've come from, where we're going? I'd love to get your perspective on that.
2: Well, um, I think what the Truth and Reconciliation Commission did was extraordinary. Um, in, in sort of laying things out, I think one of the things people are feeling now, uh, and I've heard this from a number of Indigenous leaders who are dealing with these issues with the bodies being found, is that we went to reconciliation very quickly uh, as a nation to talk about reconciliation, but not justice, um, because a lot of really bad things went down and deals were cut. For example, the church walked away on the money that they owed, and what they would have ended up paying out of that agreement that was signed back um, in the Paul Martin days and then followed through with Stephen Harper, they would have paid a pittance on what they would have owed if they had to go to uh, class action lawsuits.
1: Yeah, something like $24 million or something like that. Yeah, it
2: was $25 million. I mean, uh, that's chump change for, uh, for uh, the, the Catholic diocese, and they walked away on that. And I think that people thought everybody would do the right thing, but now we're seeing, and we are going to see many, many more grave sites, and some of these grave sites are going to be really big. Um, and I think people are saying, "Well, okay, we talked reconciliation, but man, these were crimes committed here." So the justice element is, I think, where people are at right now. And the other thing I just would say, you know, I, I think we are as a New Democrats the only party that has the Indigenous youth. Uh, Spokesperson, and that's me. And part of that was Tony was at. um, I'd done the Indian Affairs beat for a bit, and it's a huge file to undertake. Uh, And I said I wanted someone else to take it on, but I wanted to stay on the issue of what's happening with Indigenous kids because we have Cindy Blackstock, we have, you know, the the ongoing court battles there, the stuff that's going on in the child welfare system it's really a continuation of what went down in the residential schools. Expand on that for our audience. What do you mean by that? Well, we have more children, Indigenous children, in in care, that's the term they use, now than at the height of the residential schools, kids taken from their families. And it's because the government has been found guilty of systemic discrimination. And the discrimination is this. If you're a... If you're a a family that's having troubles and you're in the provincial system, the choice always is keep the family together. So child welfare will look at what are the options to keep the family. Maybe there's drug issues. Maybe there needs to be some counseling. The feds have the responsibility for paying the provinces for indigenous kids on reserve. And the feds won't pay for any of that extra, so the kids get scooped up and they get put in the foster care system, away from their families, away from their identities. The suicide rates are staggering. So that's the battle Cindy Blackstock's been fighting for over 12 years uh, to try and end that it's always about the systemic denial of, Rights that kids get in the provincial system for schools, they don't get that in the federal system. Education, uh, health, and then the child welfare. So in Indigenous communities right now, all this stuff is coming to the surface because they've seen their kids being taken now, and they look back and they're seeing all these graves. So they're saying, we want action. And I think ordinary Canadians are saying to government, come on, where's the action here? I think Justin Trudeau made a huge mistake when he... He did not settle this court case. I think it would have, sure, it would have cost money, but Canadians don't care what the money costs. They want this done right.
1: Yeah, and, you know, this is the thing. um, uh, And, uh, you know, Justin Trudeau, look, he, uh, I was in the House of Commons, uh, and you're still there. Uh, Every question on things like this, uh, the Prime Minister uh, would stand up and say, my number one priority are indigenous peoples, uh, and uh, you know, in, in a sense, it was startling because no other prime minister would would say that in the House of Commons, but he did say that. But I guess your point is <laughs> there, there's a, 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 a perhaps a major difference between words and actions.
2: That's that's been the big thing, and I think that that's really damaged him because I'll tell you, you know, when we were in 2015 and Justin came up from from third place and smoked us, and smoked you guys. Um, it was, I think, because people thought they really took him at his word um, uh, on the on the on the boiled water advisory. He was going to get rid of all the boiled water advisories in five years. That was a rock solid promise. But people forget. And Tony, you remember this? I mean, the first promise, and maybe it was one of the only promises Stephen Harper made on the on uh, the Indigenous file, was going to be on clean water. Uh, Paul Martin said it was going to be on clean water, but they follow the same pattern every government which is they spend a lot of money on things that don't work, there's no accountability for building things that should work, and they never ever look at what does the community actually need. So they it's all about Cutting the ribbon, it's all about the press release, and Justin fell right into that trap from the get-go with the water advisories that they wanted to, you know, do the mission accomplished thing without actually having done a lot of the groundwork to make sure that we had proper municipal-style infrastructure with the, the proper sewage pipes, the proper training and also proper sources of water i mean the niscandiga has gone 26 years without water in a country that's one of the richest in the world that has more clean water than any place on the planet it's just it's offensive and it's it's these are violations of people's basic rights
0: charlie i wanted to unpack a little bit of a commentary and then get your thoughts on this topic and and tony and i had uh you know i will pretty influential Mohawk individual on our show a couple of weeks ago, Barry miracle. Uh, I you know, here in Bay of Quinte, I've been fortunate to grow up right beside Ty uh, have a numerous uh, people in my network uh, from the Mohawk uh, culture uh, guys like chief Kenny blacksmith, Willie jock, uh, Jonathan miracle, the list goes on. So I kind of have been aware of the issues and, and I have a passion for our first nations as well. My question to you is, And maybe this is because I've been afforded a little bit more of a luxury of history and tradition and culture and learning from them. But this information, as far as like the grave sites, you know, this it didn't come as a shock. Obviously, it's a tragedy and people need to hear what I what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying. But it's it's something that this culture and those the people they knew about. And I guess my question to you is. Were Canadians so in the dark that, that, like, I'm finding some Canadians that are, like, just, they're surprised that this happened. Like, is it just because the information hasn't been out there, people haven't taken the time to learn about it? Or, or maybe, did you, I think you know what I'm saying, but can yeah,
2: comment yeah. on that? I, I think it was all theoretical uh, to people. They knew that a lot of people died. Um, and the resident, and, you know, Marie Sinclair will say this, the, the TRC had some numbers, but they didn't have them all. And part of it is they didn't really keep records when Indian kids died back in the day. Um, but the grave sites, I think you're going to see particularly Saskatchewan, Alberta, they're going to be massive um, because the death rates in those schools were, at the turn of the last century, were 25 40 60 70% of the children because they were dying mostly from TB and that. But those were direct results of the government set what was the lowest possible rate to keep an indigenous child alive uh, yeah. and then the, then the the churches skim their their part so i think it was all theoretical like i'll, I'll say you know um i i saw a photograph from kalana's first nation of the, the the field where the graves are and the candles lit at night and it blew my mind because I represented Canada at the Normandy commemorations and saw all the candles at the graves of soldiers, and I thought, wow, that's one of the most moving things I've ever seen. And then thinking, geez, to every Indigenous community in this country, all those schools represent battlefields, but on the one side was the government, the church, and the police, and the other were children, right? I mean, these are mass mass fields of dead children. When you see that, it suddenly becomes very real, and we're not talking theoretical anymore. We're talking like, okay, this is historical reckoning time.
1: I've got one more question for you on this topic, then I want to switch gears if that's okay, but sure. uh, obviously... Faith has been a big part of your life, uh, your Roman Catholicism, or I, I guess I'm leaning that from your biography. Tell me if I'm wrong.
2: Well, so I'm... I, I don't, I don't identify by my religion, so I don't know how that got in my biography. Someone wants to put that in Wikipedia, but yeah, I, I grew up in the church, and uh, I, uh, but uh, I don't, I'm, I don't like to put my, a faith name on my work because it gets people confused. Well, it, it's, I don't think it's all that relevant.
1: Okay, no, that's 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 fair. But you you are being a, a, a critic of the church in uh, their lack of responsibility. Is that is that fair to say?
2: Absolutely, and I can say this because. I mean, I learned a lot from uh, religious figures growing up. I mean, I I knew a lot of really powerhouse Jesuits who were, you know, great thinkers, and I went through the Catholic system, and we were taught about justice, and we were taught about accountability. So when I see the churches playing absolute weasel games on their legal accountability, it's not acceptable. Uh, you can't stand up in the pulpit and tell your parishioners to do better when, you know, you've hidden abusers and protected people who should never have been allowed kids. And you refuse to, I mean, growing up in the church, we were said, you know, forgiveness, confession, being sorry. That's like a fundamental of your faith. And these guys haven't done that. So I, I feel maybe, Tony, what I'll say is I feel maybe having coming, coming from the tradition, I know the language and I know, I know why they actually have to be held accountable. Like, uh, And I know there's really good people in the institution, and I, I talk to a lot of ordinary churchgoers who are just horrified by the absolute failure of the Canadian bishops. These guys are embarrassing their congregations, and they're going to lose a lot of people from this. Like, they got to do the right thing. And if not, well, we're going to drag them kicking, screaming, make them do the right thing.
1: I'm going to switch gears now. Um in six weeks, we may be into a federal election. So, I guess my my question to you is: How does the NDP get their message out in light of the failings of Justin Trudeau, which we just we just talked about in terms of the Indigenous file? But I'm sure you can think of some others. How? Uh, I'm not. I don't want you to give away any secrets about strategy. But I would I would love to hear it from a new Democrat what you th- what the strengths and the weaknesses of Justin Trudeau are, and, and maybe tell a little bit about how the NDP team is going to be uh, activated during the election.
2: Well, I, I, I'll say I think at the beginning of the pandemic, um, our base, and I think Canadians in general, wanted us to work together. They wanted us to put our politics to the side. And, you know, Justin talked about Team Canada. Liberals love Team Canada. And uh, yeah, so here he was Team Canada. And it's like, okay, where's the captain? And, well, the captain for a while was outside his house every day. And, man, we all stopped and listened. Um, I think I think what threw that off, of course, was the We scandal, um, where we saw them helping. It's just an outrageous act of letting insiders in on a program they should never have been allowed near. But for I think for New Democrat voters uh, who might have thought going liberal, and I think for liberal left voters, was that they thought Justin Trudeau was going to follow through on a number of key commitments. His electoral reform commitments that he made, uh, his Indigenous commitments he made, uh, that he said he was going to be a different kind of politician— People don't see him as that anymore. Uh, him voting against uh, a PharmaCare bill when the Liberals have run on PharmaCare since, I don't know, 1993. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's people who are now senior citizens who were young when he, the Liberals first made that promise. So I think I think he's done a lot of damage to his brand because he was seen as a different kind of politician in 2015. And, and you know, Tony, you've been through the ringer on this with, uh, you know— the Harper government that once a brand starts to get tagged again and again, it becomes a lot harder to get past it. And they're getting to that level of arrogance that they, you know, they, they think they're in majority territory. They think that they're the winning combination. They're a pretty weak front bench. Um, And I think people just, and people are also saying, why are we having an election? Yeah, we're just coming yeah. out of a pandemic. We're coming out of the biggest economic and medical catastrophe in 100 years. And you, and these guys can't wait to get to an election. So um, I, I think one thing that's really impressed me, uh, you know, I ran for the leadership. Tony, you mentioned it. I came in second and, you know, that's trivia pursuit questions who came in second in the uh, leadership the NDP nobody probably remembers so I'm just letting anybody who plays trivia pursuit know it was me uh
1: (laughs) hey I came in third in in my leadership race there
2: you go you came in third yeah the one thing that uh really impressed me about Jugmeet, though is he ended up becoming a really good campaigner in the last election I mean I think we came into 2019 not ready we were we were I think there were a lot of internal problems coming out of leadership, but he is a pretty good campaigner. He likes people. Um, And I think, you know, politics, if you're likable, that's a, that takes you a long way down the road. So uh, I I, I think, I think it's going to be an interesting campaign. And uh, I think the liberals continue to take people for granted. And I think that's going to be their mistake.
0: Charlie, I wanted to I have a little game we're going to play in a second, speaking of Trivial Pursuit. It's not Trivial Pursuit, but it is a game. But first, just because you were talking about you know, election strategy, and, and Tony brought that up, there was a, a video that the Conservatives released, I think maybe yesterday or the, a couple days ago. I'm not sure if you watched it. It's about a three-and-a-half, four-minute video. No, I didn't see where, it. Where uh, Aaron O'Toole talks about um, the Winnipeg scientists and that situation with the... Uh, connections with the Chinese military and the lab at Winnipeg, whatever, but it's been painted as a little bit of some tinfoil hat conspiracy theory, um, undertones. I'm curious without seeing the video, but obviously I think, you know, the situation. Do you, where do you sit on all that? Are you buying any of this, you know, conspiracy side of it? Are you, you have questions?
2: I, I don't know what I, what I find surprising is that, uh, well, I, I definitely know, and I I, I I give enormous respect for Michael Chong on this. Some of the other conservative backbenchers, I think, are definitely going conspiracy theory. Um, and I think that's probably problematic. But what I don't understand is why they wouldn't have had an agreement on seeing those parliamentary documents being done in a way that are are in camera, that people make sure that they're respecting if there are national security provisions. I mean, God, when we were dealing with the Wee scandal, we had uh, provisions about seeing documents and how they'd be done and what we'd have to do to agree to make them public. These are certainly very, very important documents about what happened. Um, I think Parliament has a right to them. I think it's ridiculous and outrageous that they're trying to take the Speaker. Poor Anthony wrote at to court. But I can't figure out why the liberals and conservatives and I'm not part part of that or New Democrats, uh why it wasn't negotiated with the committee to be able to see those documents in a way and they did that with the Afghan detainee documents, I right? Remember. Telling, yeah. Absolutely. You know, um yeah. We had a lot of problems with that, but it was done in a way to say, listen, these are national security interests, so we have to put some rules in place, and the parliamentarians got that. So I don't see why that can't be done in this case. But it's a very – it is – these are very provocative issues on the China thing. I'm watching it. I, I haven't really been involved too much, so I'm not saying anything because I'm not I, – I figure unless I'm in a, doing a deep dive on that file, I'm not, I'm not stepping in it.
0: <laughs> okay here we go a little bit of a game we're going to call this obviously it's name association i'm going to give you a name it's all political names it's probably pretty basic but i just want you to give one or two words uh to describe this individual
2: um god you can,
0: you can be you know just be yourself and yeah, you know, i'll yeah, be yeah, honest yeah, yeah. okay uh
2: Stephen harper Stephen harper <laughs> hard ass <laughs> cold as ice jack layton jack layton uh jack well jack talked me into running jack uh jack loved to laugh
0: alexa mcdonough
2: alexa mcdonough very principled um laughed less so
0: this one i'm interested about mark (laughs) garrettson
2: is that good enough (laughs) <laughs> yeah that counts that counts, that counts
1: yeah. what's your your association with, with mark again you were bouncers or something
0: oh i used to work with him at a bar yeah, yeah. Oh, i yeah, can yeah, see that I, that I, makes I,
2: that I, makes all sense he's sort I, of the liberal I, bouncer yeah. in the house he he he's sort of the liberal punching bag it seems he, he he's the only liberal in the house day after day and his job is to to lose his mind on everything the conservatives do it gets me up on lots of points of order just seems to send them off the deep end
0: yeah <laughs> and i i mean I, I I like Mark personally, but I I literally can't even take him serious when I see him because I know him on a different level, and I'm just like, who Who
2: is this guy? I said that to him one day. I said, no. man, you know, don't 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 be your party's punching bag. Just, it's, <laughs> okay. it's, it's not a good spot. Okay, continue.
0: Couple more names. Yeah, easy ones. Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> very very wealthy boy from uh, uh we come from a different middle class let's just say that
0: ed broadbent
2: ed broadbent uh oh yeah uh ed, ed ed's old school ed's old school and very uh yeah very inspiring for me
0: okay and last political name for name association donald trump <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, criminal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You should have give given me Joe Clark. I thought I, I, the world of Joe. Oh, did you? Yeah did, yeah, did you have a lot to do with him? No, not at all. I, I met Maureen once, and I was very impressed. Uh, yeah, had a meeting with her. But uh, Joe, uh, yeah, we we always thought Joe was, Joe got hard done by by uh, by Pierre.
1: Well, I don't know if you knew this, but Stephen Lewis was a great friend of my late stepfather, John Clement. They served in the Ontario legislature together and had a a great respect for one another. And uh, uh, I always, uh, my view of Stephen Lewis was always colored by the fact that I knew him as an individual, not just as a firebrand, you know. yeah, Yeah, yeah. You get a different perspective sometimes on these things, don't you?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But, but those guys also like really represented again, that old school politics, right? Like, uh, you know, like I was, I was in the house for 18 months with Ed Broadbent when he came back and it was so inspiring. And uh, I was talking to one of my colleagues and he says, yeah, but you weren't here when Joe Clark was still here. He said, you know, just seeing like that old school kind of politics that was done, it was done with a lot of integrity. Um, And they didn't, they, did, they didn't. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't just for the zinger, or they weren't being controlled out of the leader's office. You know, the guys with the short pants. Those guys. Uh, you know, it's, it's a different kind of politics.
1: Well, uh, Charlie Angus, I hope that uh, yeah. when you retire, uh, whenever that date is, people will be saying that you were a good old school politician
2: too. Well, thank you so much. Hey, this has been a blast. This. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, it's been nice talking
1: yeah. again. We yeah. we, uh, we talked a lot to, in my uh, tenure
0: on Parliament Hill. We, we talked we, all the time. We did. I should have included Tony's name in the name association.
2: Actually, <laughs> anyway, anyway. Muskoka steak knives.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, Charlie, I just wanted to play one more thing because uh, okay. I'm just going back to your musical roots. Tell me, do you recognize this riff at all, or or tell me who this is here? <laughs>
2: You know who that is yeah, yeah geez that's uh that's from friday night that's my last re- <laughs> I was, I'm, I'm trying to reteach it to the band so i thought i'd get the the basics of the song down so uh, but yeah <laughs> that's pretty funny
0: we should get you to do a little intro for us we need some musical yeah exactly under- well under-
2: we got our brand new album out it's uh it came out the, the, in january and it's going to be on vinyl so it's well, the before the Tell storm us, yeah. uh, Grievous Angels. Uh, that's my side gig, as you say. Um, we recorded our eighth album called "Summer Before the Storm," and uh, released it in January. And it's going to be coming out on vinyl this summer. So fantastic! That's vinyl, I like. vinyl now, now we're official.
1: Yeah, and is it like one hundred and eighty gram vinyl too? The real vinyl?
2: Yeah, it's it's the real McCoy. Oh, fantastic! Well, you we'll should write a song, song
0: about Mark Garretson. Like it actually. Like the title <laughs> could be Mark Garretson. <laughs> Yeah. He no. wants to sell albums, Jody. He not no. <laughs> Like, honestly, I, like, give that guy a legacy that he might not want.
2: <laughs> he gets so, like, sometimes it's, well, you know, Tony, it's like those stupid back and forth, and you guys are, like, poking the bear all the time, and so then it's point of order, and Paul is up on point of order, and Garrettson he just gets, he loses it. Like, he just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So I have to get up on points of order to sort of explain. And then, it's, and then he starts accusing me of like working in ten with the conservatives. Like, no, it's just I've got to be here all day and you guys are going yeah, to like it. this. It's like I'm going to just, some days, it's just the only thing that keeps me going is uh, watching poor Mark just lose his. Loses cool. Doesn't it, need to it, becomes, be a, it
1: becomes a bit of a sport, I'm sure. But Charlie Angus, I want to thank you again for being on And Another Thing Podcast. You're welcome back anytime, my friend.
2: Well, Tony and Jody, thanks so much. We'll do it again.
0: That was a fun conversation. Definitely can see the rapport you and Charlie have, Tony.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously we have a common like and love for music. Um, uh, we, you know, both represented Northern Ontario ridings. I always said I, I represented the southern tip of Northern Ontario. Uh, so we there's a lot of history there and uh, you know he was whenever he uh, he got up on his feet uh, to question me it was always entertaining uh, but he he had the stiletto you know he knew how to surgically get a few uh, uh, blood thrusts in there and that's what it's all about in the house of commons but I have nothing but respect for the men
0: yeah and the commonalities as you said like being in the band you know they opened for Billy Idol his band and yeah Probably bought a Billy Idol album. Maybe that's as close as you ever
1: got. But <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I know the words "The White Wedding." Yeah, that's it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> sure. All right. Well, we uh, certainly appreciate Charlie and his time, and don't forget to check him out on YouTube. I was just looking through; like he does tons of music videos. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. No, he he's playing all the, all the time. All the Yeah, time.
0: no, that's cool. So yeah. he's consistent with that. So make sure you check out Charlie Angus on YouTube. Thanks again to Municipal Solutions, our presenting sponsor, as well as Looney Politics. You can find them online at loonypolitics.com. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST for 50% off access to exclusive content like And Another Thing.
1: And we have PolyTrack, your all-in-one advocacy management platform, polytrackwithaq.com. And, of course, the Magnify video widget, crisp, clear, secure video collaboration, magnifywithaneye.io.
2: All right. We will do this again in seven days, Tony. You betcha.